0: Yo, what is up guys? Welcome to the After Hours Dental Podcast. My name is Sammy. I am one of the co-hosts here. I am joined with my fellow co-host, Dr. Ashley and Dr. Daryl. I kind of like this. And we are live. Welcome back to the After Hours Dental Podcast. Today we have a pretty amazing show for you guys. Uh, And by the way, if you guys hear us in the chat or if anyone's in the chat, go ahead and leave it down below. Right now we don't have any viewers, but that's okay. Um, That's all right. Oh, no, we have six viewers. Okay, so just let us know in the chat. I'm going to try to get the chat going. You just got to get them, give them some time. Yes. Ashley, why don't you go ahead and describe what today's episode is going to be about? do
1: that? So today we're going to be talking about some of our common mistakes as associates and trying to give some advice if you are new grad or in dental school, um, advice as an associate, specifically talking about um, salary, contracts, what to look out for, and kind of how to negotiate those things.
0: All right. So let's get right into it. So we got a little cheat pad. But our first nice. question today is going to be describe your first associate position and what would, you dif- what would you do differently knowing what you know now? And I'm thinking we actually start with Dr. Ashley.
1: <sighs> oh, man. How many
2: associate positions have I had? Or did you interview for? I guess have you had, yeah.
1: Um, so I guess a little bit about my associate experience background. So I've had three different associate positions that I no longer work at. And I feel like they were all extremely different. Um, and I'll talk a lot about those in detail throughout the show, but I worked at typical private practice, small four chair with an owner doc. I've done corporate. I've also done other private practices where the owner wasn't even there. And that was a whole different experience. Um, So I've had three different main associate positions. And I've learned a lot from each of them. I guess kind of starting off the discussion, which with my first position, this was right after I uh, graduated from my GPR residency. So first time going out into the workforce, I had a one-year GPR experience. I worked at, again, typical four-chair owner-doc office. Um, And I also worked part-time corporate at the time. So it was kind of half and half. I think my, I was thinking about this last night, my biggest thing I would do differently, knowing what I know now, my biggest mistake when I first went into my associate position, and I think a lot of young doctors, associates, have this problem, is that obviously you're new. So you're new to the field. Maybe you don't quite have that confidence yet. And I basically let everyone walk all over me in that office my first six months there because, I was a little bit, and maybe that's just my personality. I was a little bit too timid, and it set a really bad precedent because you know the office manager, the people working there, um, and then it was really hard for me to get back, get that back, and get them to listen to me going forward. Um, so, in a nutshell, I my advice is to you got to go in confident, and you can't let them walk all over you, even if you are a young new dentist.
0: So So can I ask you just a, a quick follow-up? So yeah. you're talking about walking all over you, and I think maybe some of the listeners um, who watch this podcast may be wondering exactly how did they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you give some specific examples?
1: Yes, um, I'm trying to think of a specific example. Um, one would be questioning my treatment plan. Um, I got that a lot in my uh, first associate position. And again, I'm I'm not trying to act like I'm perfect. You know, we're all learning and growing all the time. Uh, but I don't think my treatment plans are bad. You know, wanting me to like, oh, wanting me to do more productive work. Like, oh, you're gonna do a filling. You know, this should really be a crown. Things I just didn't agree with, or like, why aren't you taking that amalgam? And sometimes we do take them out. But just things that the I didn't think were necessary. So questioning my treatment plans. Um, also having um, kind of issues with with billing. Like sometimes. I feel like the office wanted me to do things that I didn't quite feel was ethical. And they would be like, oh, just just kind of change this. And then I'd be like, "You know, no, I don't want to do that. So I think, um, yeah, those are some examples. I've had some issues, like billing issues. And that's, again, we can talk about that more later throughout the show. But that's a big thing I think new grads need to look out for, especially because you probably don't understand billing. And now looking back, after having some years experience, I was definitely asked to do things that I don't think were ethical with billing, and, and luckily I was smart enough to not do it. But I was asked to do things that were unethical as a new grad, because I think some, unfortunately, some offices, it typically, especially big corporate offices, um, you know, try to get away with some of that stuff.
2: Was this office? Did they take insurance? Pretty much yes. everything.
1: Okay. Yeah, they took pretty much everything. It was you know, big like cal office mainly, and, and and nothing crazy, but like little small things. I was like you know, that doesn't, you know, sound right. And I would literally have to go home and I would have to, I'm really lucky because I have Sammy, I have a husband in dentistry, I have a mother-in-law in in dentistry. So I literally would go home and be like, hey, do you guys do this at your other office? And they're like, no. And so luckily I had people to talk to, but looking back, there's a lot of young dentists that could easily get taken advantage of, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I would would 100% just as a learning point for any young dentists out there or dental students, looking to graduate soon or whatever, there's gonna be a lot of people pushing you to do things that, number one, you may not be comfortable with, number two, you may not agree with, and number three, are just totally unethical. And they may frame it in a way that seems like it's the right thing to do. But the reality is, you guys know better than that. And it's very easy to take advantage of a new grad because you think this is how it should be. Uh, Now, I'm not saying, like, you have to learn from people for sure. Like you have to learn from the new docs and there are things that dental school don't teach you which um, the new doc, A a lot, that the owner docs are gonna help you out with but just like be aware that this is your license. This is your license on the line. So if something bad happens, it doesn't happen to everyone else around you, it happens to you. So I just want you guys to be very careful, do what's ethical, do what's right, do good by the patient, and if the practice is pushing you to do things that you're not comfortable with, leave as soon as possible.
1: I, uh, just, to, um, just to add to that, I think, too, you realize, again, you're first out, you, you know, you're new. You feel like, hey, everyone there has been the dental field longer than you. And so, again, it kind of makes you question. You kind of feel like, hey, you know, when people say something, you just want to listen because they've been the dental field for 10 <coughs> years. I've been the dental field for a couple years. Um, but I think with time, with just a couple months, you'll realize that it doesn't matter if you're the first day out of dental school, you're smart, you learn things and you know things. And again, of course we're all still learning and we can learn things from older doctors and other people, but, but you know, things, so don't, I guess, again, kind of along with that first question, if I could go back and do it differently, I questioned myself a lot and I wish I hadn't done that. Like people would say something and I would say, Oh, and even though I, I thought I was doing it right, I just wouldn't believe myself because I'm like this person has 10 years experience they must be smarter than me and I'm realizing you know that's not always the case again even this uh, you know office you know this corporate office I was at um, there were some really good doctors there doctors with years and years experience and unfortunately they were doing things that I don't agree with and so again definitely you can learn a lot from you know doctors with more experience and you should listen to them but also use your own brain because unfortunately all because a doctor's older doesn't always mean mm-hmm. they're doing the right thing
0: 100%. Even at the clinic, just a quick point, then I'll let you go, Daryl. No, even at the clinical point, like I've been in practices with doctors who've been mm-hmm. in practice for 20 years mm-hmm. and you look at the work and to be honest, it's not that good, you know? So it's not everyone, you know, but there are cases where be smart about who you look up to. Be smart about who you choose as your mentor. You know what's right and um, choose wisely, I guess would be my my point to take away.
2: Going back to was that your first so, associate gig?
1: So my and I kind of I was kind of confusing in the beginning. I'm I my first associate position. I really had two. I was part time, which I didn't explain. I was part time, couple days, typical little private practice, and I was part time like medical corporate dentistry. Mm. And so there was a lot of I have a lot of interesting things to talk about today about my corporate experience. Yeah. Um. But that was the one where they you know they really tried to push a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, nice. <laughs>
0: so,
1: um, you're gonna talk about your first, yeah. kind of associate, yeah, your so first. You, go
2: ahead. <clears throat> well, this is my first and only, okay. so, um, take it with for what's worth. Uh, the, but the first two years at this practice, I can say, and then. Thinking about it now, the way I view dentistry is totally different than two years ago, or the first two years. Um, you know, of course, I question their treatment planning and all that, understanding why they do things or not do things. But then over time, I either understood why, because there are some times where I'm like, no, this this tooth doesn't need a crown. Then a year later on the recall, I'm like, oh, sh- yeah, like, it needed a crown. Um, And they've seen it before, right? So they kind of know. And I was like, okay. Um, They put me through the ringer in terms of like, all right, before you do anything, we're going to treatment plan together. So they've calibrated me into how they treatment plan. I mean, their criteria when I first signed on was you had to have one either come out of residency or two years of working experience. I was like, okay, great. So the clinical part was there, which is what they're looking for. The other half was, does my practice philosophy match with theirs? Um, And that was good. For the most part, it actually lined up. Um, One was a, shout out to UCLA, was a UCLA grad. The other one was from Marquette. So um, good schools. And the way that they taught their students, you know, aligned with what I was taught at Indiana University. So that was good. There was nothing too crazy there a lot of things that taught us in dental school for treatment planning kind of shifted a little bit because they've seen those patients, they've seen these clinical scenarios, so then it then it came down to their clinical expertise and experience. And then if I did change something on the treatment plan, then I would either A, talk to them about it, or they would be like, hey, like, I see you did this, why not? And then they're like, okay, that's fine. But then if something were to happen after, it's like, okay, which happened more than a few times, and you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, in terms of, the work and trying to find an associate. That was my first one I've interviewed at another corporate who shall not be named around here.
0: <clears throat> mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it was all right. It wasn't my style, you know, yeah. upselling same day stuff. I mean, I still do same day stuff, but their are same days a little bit different in terms of trying to upsell, um, high volume.
0: Yeah. Are there any, um, uh- are there any major regrets that you have? Um, or, or what would you do differently in your first associateship? Like to help a like person out there who may be a new grad who's gonna be, I mean, I guess they graduate what in June? And then we have yeah. a bunch of these new grads out. So what would you do differently knowing what you know now?
2: I probably wouldn't. I'm pretty easy go. I was, when I first came out, I was easy going. I was like, whatever they pay me is better than what residency paid me. Yes. That's for sure. Yes. So I was like, "All right, whatever." Um, so that that pay structure for me was it was okay. It was better than the corporate I thought, you know, at the time. And we can talk about that I know later. But at my first two years, the only thing I focused on was reps, getting fast at class twos, diagnosing, and all that's all I focused on. So I didn't really care much about the pay structure or whatnot at the time, as long as I was able to grow clinically and then treatment plan presentation skills. So that, those were the two big things that I kind of went in on. Um, the one thing I did remember, the one vivid thing during my interview was asking about potential buy-in to the practice. And I remember he was saying, okay, we'll talk about it in a few years. Which now is in the conversation because it's been a few years, but like I knew at the end of it, I was like, "Hey, if I'm going to work here, is there potential for buy-in in the corp? You know, not corporate, but it was a private practice. So like, and they had two offices, and then that's how they kind of modeled it. So I just kind of, I didn't know what they were going or what their future was, but I just, I was like, "Hey, are you going to retire anytime soon, or when are you retiring? And is there potential for me to buy in? Those were the big things I remember of my interview."
0: So maybe like being a little bit more clear about, you know, understanding the whether some the, the future. And, it, and if so, if there's a new grad out there who, who asks these questions and they're not clear, you know, what's your recommendation? Is it to find someone, find another practice that fits them or
2: yeah. what would you do? Find, some, find a practice that you see yourself emulating when you want to go on your own. Okay. Um, but maybe the first two years may be different. You know, you want to get the skill, you want to get the speed up. So that's what I would focus on, you know, and then save your money, pay back some loans and whatnot, have some fun a little bit. You know, you've worked harder at this point, but at the same time, know your long-term or have an idea for your long-term.
0: Gotcha. 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 Because I
2: feel like sometimes, you know, you're going to work your first two years and then you're going to want to leave. Maybe. I
0: mean, yeah. Cool. Second, uh, second topic. What do we got, Ashley.
1: Well, one thing uh, we also want to talk about is, like, interviewing for an associate position and what owners are looking for in an associate. Like, how do we get our positions, you know, now, as owners now, what is something that you look for in an associate dentist? Want to start this one off, Sammy?
0: Okay, so what's the question again?
1: Is what are owners looking for in associates?
2: If you were to hire.
0: If I was to
1: hire.
2: Let's say you put up, you're trying to interview for an associate.
1: How to... to, uh, um, do a good interview, how to nail the interview?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a good question because a lot of people, you know, they're doing these work in interviews. Well, I think the first thing I would say is that as a dentist, it's, it's in demand, at least in, in our area. I don't know how it's like all over the country or wherever part of the world you're in. So in my experience, it wasn't really, um, hard to get an associateship or to work as a dentist in another place. Me personally, if I'm hiring another dentist to work at the practice, to be honest, one of the most important criteria is going to be having a really good personality, someone who's not arrogant, cocky, someone who works well with the team, someone who can make patients happy, connect with them, make them feel comfortable. Because the reality is, I've said this before, but the patients are the blood and soul of the practice, and you have to make sure that they're very comfortable when they're under your care. And not everyone has that little bit of finesse, um, that that way to communicate with people and make them feel, um, make them feel comfortable when they're doing the dentistry. So I think that's number one point. Um, yeah,
1: you know, just to that. I, I just thought of this when I my very first associate position, and you know I ended up getting hired, and the doctor said that the reason he hired me was because I said I was willing to learn new things from him. I said, and so that he said was a, one of the things he liked. So we kind of mentioned before about, you know, sometimes people aren't doing the best thing. So take things with a grain of salt. But there's also a lot of great doctors out there, and they may do things differently than how you did in de- dental school. So you do have to a little bit be willing to try new things and learn new things. I think that most owners want that. You need to be a little bit flexible and be willing to grow and take new ideas. Um, As uh, Daryl was mentioning, and I I agree with him, most of us out of dental school are very conservative. That's how dental schools teach dentistry. And then typically the more you practice, the more you see. And that's why typically you may get a more aggressive. And I was the same way. Like everything was like M-O-D-B-L because I was like conservative, (laughs) you know?
2: Why not just put a crown?
1: Yeah, because, no, that's not good, you know? So I would do these giant fillings and I thought I was like saving the tooth. And then you start to see... um, them break. Yeah,
0: you start to see your failure. You failures. see them fracture,
1: exactly. Yeah. And then that's why your treatment planning will change or, you know, oh, there's no cavity. I don't even take out the amalgam. And then I see them split down the center of the tooth and yeah. those things will change. So again, it's being about willing to learn new techniques and being flexible. I think as, and, and having good personality, that's like, I think the biggest things for being an associate dentist that people are looking for.
0: Yeah, I, I would argue that there is something, um, about being too conservative to a point, to a fault, to a point where it's neglect. So you have to, there's a fine balance. You know, when we say conservative-aggressive, you, ha- you think like conservative, oh, that's an honest, ethical dentist, and aggressive, oh, that's a mean dentist. But that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is providing the appropriate treatment at the appropriate time. So when you do some of these like really super large um, fillings are not going to last or serve the patient for a very long time. And the only way that you uh, come to that realization is by doing them and then understanding how the occlusal forces will fracture a filling or fracture a tooth and things like that. So that's what we – so for those of you that are patients that are watching or for those of you that are dental students or dentists, that's what we're talking about is that you have to do the appropriate treatment. And sometimes we're taught this philosophy in dental school where, you know – it's you're just too aggressive if you do anything other than like a very large filling. For for like the the most basic example. Kind of thing, Joe?
2: Attitude, a willingness to learn and you know, try new things. Um I remember interviewing at a I think it's like a it was an office down in San Diego and <clears throat> he's like triple booked, like right? three columns and he has two hygiene. I'm like, how are you doing these fillings? So I watched them, right? All his fillings are flowable, and I was like, "Wait, what? No packable?" He's like, "No," and I was like, "So then, I was like, okay, like, why?" I asked him why, and he had a really good explanation, which got me thinking. So the reason why he only does flowables for all his composites is because when a filling breaks or fails, you ever ever notice it's not the tooth; it's always at the bonding, the interface between the composite and the tooth, the bonding interface he said that's where it fails and i was like damn and he said the flowable has the least amount of like failure there and i was like okay so i mean he had a good explanation so i was like all right that's something i can take from but i can i can see why he can do like mod mod back to back to back to back yeah and speed because it's was like it done and i'm like damn okay and you know and then he does his he had some crowns he did on six seven eight nine he's like hey man I don't need to temporize these. Go home. I was like, (laughs) So yeah, you know, there's some things that he did. I was like, okay, questionable. But he had a good reason. So I think for those out there practicing, whatever you're doing, have a reason to do it or know why. So um, that goes with the whole like having a good attitude because you can teach someone dentistry or how to do it. But if they're not willing to learn or try, then Mm -hmm. in the 90 days that you're with me, and can find someone else that has the willingness, attitude, you know, to learn and just do things instead of being stuck in their ways.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I, can I backtrack a tiny bit? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry, I want to backtrack.
0: backtrack. <laughs> rewind. I this wrong sound. We re- need a, What's rewind? a rewind. Sound. Hold up. There we go. Can there we go.
1: rewind? Rewind. Um, actually, I want to go back. Actually, because I I have more things I want to say about um, things that you're going to encounter as a young as a new grad as a young associate. Um, and, and this kind of goes back to having trust in yourself. Again, I'm just thinking, I have so many stories from when, because again, I've worked at three different systems. Yeah, I have so many stories, things that you hear about these things in dental. So I'm like, that's not going to happen at my office. Um, like, for example, again, and Sammy can uh, talk about this too. I went to an office where there was no perio probing at a Yo. corporate. <laughs> no, and, and I remember people like, there's a story in dental school. I'm like, that's crazy. And I went to this corporate office and I start working there. And none of the assistants—they don't know where the perio probe button is. Like, they didn't know what it looked like. Do
2: they know what a perio probe looks like?
1: I had to like show them. We mm-hmm. had to like te- me and, and Dr. Sammy had to teach them. Um, you know, I get all these SRPs on my schedule, and there's just no charting. It doesn't exist. And me and Sammy had to like basically implement perio probing in this office. And um, and that's just an example. Again, I know that's kind of obviously we all know that, but we go in and the is like, oh, you don't have to do that. Don't let anyone tell you what. You have to do or not do. Again, this goes back to always protect your license, and that's something CYA. I think about that every day. I think you know they'll say whatever they want, and it's not going to affect, you know, the office manager or anyone. It's going to affect you, and always remember that. Um, again, just like another story, it's like, um, and again, being a new grad, unfortunately, you're going to be questioned a lot more. I mean, I've had a assist- again. My very first job, I was just something simple. I was doing a filling, and I asked for flowable composite, and they said, "Why do you need that?" I swear, and I just and I'm with a patient, and I'm like, and I had to explain myself in front of a patient of why I wanted flowable composite, and this was I was fresh out of residency, and, and I have a problem that you know I think uh, Daryl and Sammy don't have is that I'm a young dentist. I also look very young. I get that. And, and on top of that, I don't, I don't get that at all. you get it? I <laughs> so get you guys that. look older yeah. than me. I look really I look, young. I look
2: really old. I, look I like got 50. those white hairs, man. I
0: got them white hairs. And on
1: top of that, I don't want to get into a gender debate, but as a young oh. female dentist, you will get questioned more than male young dentists. And again, Sammy, you can give your what you think about this because, again, I worked in an office with Sammy, and it was amazing. He was n- never questioned. Never. And I was questioned a lot more than he was. And Sammy, would you agree with that?
0: I mean, I I also think that they take your niceness, like they they take advantage of of your niceness. And that's, again,
1: one of my regrets is, and I'm not saying be mean and don't be difficult, but I think I was a little bit, I wanted to be nice. I I wanted to be liked. I'm human. And I was a little bit too nice and I was a little bit too flexible. And that was something I would go back. I I still want to be nice. But stick to what you believe. You don't always have to be flexible. You're the dentist or the doctor. It doesn't matter if you just graduated.
0: Yeah, you you can be nice, like it, you can totally be nice, but you have to stand up for your beliefs, and you can't let people walk over you. You know, once again, like we said over and over again, you got to protect your license. You got to do what's right. You got to do what you believe in. And everyone has an agenda. Every single person has an agenda. The office manager is trying to make, you know, as much money as possible mm-hmm. for the office. Um, that's her job. I have you a- know. The, the assistants are, you know, they're trying to work as a team for you, but maybe sometimes their vision doesn't line up with you. You know, the hygienist may want to do something else. So I'm just saying that, like, at the end of the day, it's your license on the line. Um, you got to protect it. And um, mm-hmm. don't be stepped over. You can yeah. be nice. You can be nice and firm. And mm-hmm. and that's a fine balance. And you got you have to try to figure that out, you know, for yourself.
1: And just like another another example I wanted to share... Again, this was right out of residency. I was doing a root canal. And some of these assistants, this is the hard thing, they're assistants, did but- you,
2: Did you use they, a rubber dam?
1: I did, and that's part of my story. <laughs> I didn't you know, because again, this office, they don't use rubber dams for root canals. Oh, no, I got a story for that too. They Go don't ahead. use them. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Whatever the doctors do, that's their business. But I said, I'm gonna use a rubber dam. An assistant, you know, some of these assistants, even their assistants, they've been in the field for, you know, 20, you know, sometimes 30, longer than you have. And um, the assistant goes to me, oh, you don't need a rubber dam. I say, yeah, I do. <laughs> and then, and then and I kind of try to go, what, the other doctors use rubber dam? And he goes, no. And I go, well, how do you, like, you know, isolate and all this stuff? And he goes, well, I suction really well with my Hivac. Yeah. I swear. And then I was like, no, that's not how it works. But again, I've been in those situations where they said, you don't need to do that. And I have to say, yeah, I do actually. I do yeah. need a rubber dam.
0: There's some ridiculous stories, I, like, and, they'll, and it's, it's weird because they'll actually make you believe that you're wrong.
1: See, and that's what I mean, crazy. I've questioned myself where that I'm like, I literally, yeah. I'm like, wait, am I doing this wrong? And it made me mad that I questioned my education and my knowledge because of people that they want to tell me what to do. And it took me, I don't know, some time. Yeah, story time. <laughs> it took me some time to figure out that, no, I, do, I, I don't know everything. I'm still learning, but I do know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, just. uh, It only uh,
2: takes one file to go down a patient's throat and be like. Oh, yeah.
1: No, yeah. So Mm -hmm. just for those
0: of you that are watching that maybe don't understand what we're talking about, a rubber dam is a protective barrier device that allows you, if you're doing um, a root canal, it's really important to maintain a a clean environment. And this is one of the ways to do that. It also protects the throat and stuff like that. And again, the other doctors that
1: weren't doing it have 20, 30 years experience. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I've well, that's out. not
2: an excuse to not use. No, I mean, it's a standard agree. of care, right? No, I agree. i go back to standard but, care. I, yeah. but
1: I mean, kind of like, again, you got to learn from older docs. But also, like, just don't let other people think that you don't know things all because you're young. That's one of like my biggest, I guess, going to the first question, my biggest regret right out of residency is I let other people think I didn't know things. And yeah, that, that's my biggest regret.
0: And then just a quick story on my end, like I remember doing custom tray work for upper lower dentures. When you're doing dentures, you you border mold the tray and they were showing me weird techniques that like just didn't work. And I and like I said, I would believe it because somehow when you're in these environments that are maybe not so friendly and a little bit toxic, you start to believe these crazy things instead of no, trusting your
1: gut. Well, they say, this is how we do it. That's why they say, they go, oh, this is how we do it here. And then yeah. you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's how they do it here. But you don't, Again, you don't always have to go along with it if you know what's not right.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, what's your story about a rubber dam? Um, you had a rubber dam story?
2: Same thing. Uh, the assistant was like, if you're going to use a rubber dam, I'm not going to assist you. I was like, fine.
1: Wait, they said what?
2: <coughs> they said, I'm not going to be here to assist you if you use a rubber dam. <laughs> what? Because they were going to suction and they were used what? to it. So I was like, okay, so I got the rubber dam and then did, oh, the, so did the root canal myself.
0: Did they think it was a, a threat? Like the fact that they're, you're using rubber dam as a threat to their yeah. job. Is that, is that what you're saying? Like, that oh, means she why, like why it. she needed? Yeah. But the reality is you, you need, you need yeah, that. It's a standard of care. Team,
2: There's only it? probably one time that I didn't use a rubber dam since forever, and that's because I couldn't – it's like that lingual wall was shot. So I was like, let me just do it real quick and build up the wall, and then, like, that was the one time. But never yeah. again because that was
0: hard. <laughs> All right.
1: And I want to kind of – um from that, going off of – um. You know, I talk a little bit about like pay, pay structure and like contracts, because again, this goes back to you know, as a new grad, again, I had the same problem. How can I negotiate my salary when I don't really have experience? You know, I have again, I did a residency, but I my first time out in the workforce, and I think that's hard for a lot of people. Is how can you ask for all this money when you don't really have experience? You know in the world, and that's something that I want to touch on is that you do have value. Even as a young grad, you have value, and that's again something that I've learned over the years. And um, someone talk a little bit about our experiences that. Um, Sam, you want me to start?
2: Yeah, start it up. So we're talking pay structure now.
1: Yeah, a little bit about pay structure slash contracts, um, some of we're, our experiences, nice. what we recommend, what we've dealt with.
0: So I, I can give a brief overview, and then we. Why why can Why don't you can talk about question?
1: the pay structures? Give an overview, Sam. Okay.
0: Okay. So for those of you out there who are uh, new grads or um, and. Go, you know, new dentist or whatever um there's typically three different pay structures that are available to um dentists uh the first pay structure is a per diem pay structure so the per diem pay structure is basically you're getting paid a certain amount per day um that's just that that's what you get paid no matter um whether you, there's no patients on the schedule or whether there are patients on the schedule you just get paid that certain amount the next pay structure is going to be like a production model so depending on if you work a lot, if you're more productive, if you're very busy, then you get paid more as an associate dentist. And then there are some iterations of that. There's like uh, base salary, and then if you hit that base salary, you get whatever production. There's like a, a hybrid of both. And also with pay structure, you can talk about lab bills. Some, some offices are going to charge you a certain percentage of the lab bills because they don't want to front that cost um, and um, things like that. So wh- what do you guys think? Uh, did, did I cover that pretty accurately?
2: Yeah, there's, <clears throat> there's that one. And then there's... Let me talk about... So there's two ones that I know that's going on right now. Um, the per diem, but then divided into how many hours? Divided by eight. Eight uh-huh. hours. And then they pay that hourly. So if the schedule's not full, if you work six hours, you get that. So Or if you work nine hours... And I haven't heard of that. Or if like you go divided time, by hours. Yeah. And then if you go like nine hours because there's a root canal or something... They'll pay you in nine hours. So, And then there's another one um, that I was just informed about or talking conversation with a colleague that, so he does production and then let's say he produces 80,000, right? He can, to get his bonus, his base plus the bonus above that or like 25% of 80,000, he has to sell 50% of what he's produced. So... To get his bonus, he has to sell $40,000 worth of treatment. So if he does produce, if he produces 80000 and then he can only get like his base. But if you want more, you have to take that extra step.
1: Daryl, do you think that that, I guess, is uh, putting pressure on people to like, like ethically? What do you think about that? Well,
2: oh, yeah. Because um, it kind of incentivizes you, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like one of those things where just skin in the game. So like, um, for him or for this guy you know it's like 22 percent i think 22 percent is a lot for 80 like of eighty thousand. that's a lot but if he doesn't sell 40 grand it's like shoot and then what sucks too is like he'll sell like 36 37 grand and he'll need the last three grand so what does he do try to push the last three grand just to get that and it's like you're there's a fine line now of like all right i'm gonna go find things Mm -hmm. to sell
0: so so let me ask you this. What do you think is the most appropriate payment model that should be delivered to young dentists, associate dentists? Like, what do you think is right?
2: Dang, that's tough. Because I, I struggle with this, even as an associate, working for my associate. Like, they... <sighs> See that's well, the thing. I, that's 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 tough.
1: Well, I, I I mean I personally think I mean my opinion best thing would be to do you know like a combo, having a base rate, or if you produce more than that, getting your cut of the production. Um, I don't know if the owner doc would agree with that, uh, but personally, I mean I can personally talk about all three. I've experienced all three. So my very first job, I was paid a base salary, and that was it. And I it, like you said, I was like, man, this is better than the residency. I was I wasn't going to argue. I was excited just to get paid. Yeah. Um, So I got paid a very, um, I think, typical base rate for a new doctor in San Diego. Yeah,
2: what's the base rate? So for those of you who are not in San Diego, what's the base rate here? So
1: I, I I would say like five hundred. Would you agree with that?
2: I yeah, I guess like a new grad. Six hundred, I think, is like the maybe that's it now. The market, the market. So
1: so maybe like five six hundred dollars, depending. Five hundred,
2: like two thousand seventeen sixteen. Yeah. When did you graduate? Two
1: thousand seventeen. Wait, well, is that low?
2: That's, that's. Well, I mean, that's like, well, so, that's the average. That's like well, average. So
1: yeah. again, it kind of, I guess it depends on who you ask. When I looked around and I interviewed at other places, that's pretty much what everyone was offering for a new grad. And again, you're out of residency. So I was like, yeah, this is more than I'm making. Right. So that's fair. Yeah. So, so that's what I was making. And I was like, awesome. And you know, I didn't really question or anything. And the problem I had with that the more I worked at this office was, you know, in the beginning, things were kind of slow because I was new in the office. Then I started. Once they got comfortable with me, I was doing. I mean, I was doing root canals at this office. I was getting um, doing surgical extractions and bone graft at this office. Yeah. Um, and then you know, again, I didn't know anything. I was a new grad, and I'm kind of like, whoa, I'm doing all this work, and I'm and I just started realizing, of course, the owner doctor he wants to get as much as he can out of me. So of everything course, was course. being put on my schedule, and I was like, oh, they want to do all these fillings in one hour because they want to get their money's worth out of me, and that was the problem I had with um, just having like the base salary. Now, some days it was nice, because some days it was slow, and I still got paid. Some days I went home early, I still got paid. Um, But again, if and that's a hard thing. If you're in a busy practice, I personally, in my experience, the salary a lot of times will hurt you. Because many times, if you're doing a lot of work and you're really busy, you're going to produce more. Um, Again, that was kind of my experience with that. And then in the corporate office I worked at, I did get a percentage, um, and that worked out great because it was a very busy office, and I, I kind of would have been screwed if I was getting a base salary. So I worked off of production, and again, there were so many patients, I didn't need to have to even try to treatment plan. There was just so much work. And um, you know if anyone's wondering, I was being paid 33%. I- nice.
2: Production or based solely off production or like adjusted production or aka collections?
1: Production. That's nice. a, That's a whole nother. Yeah. So I had a pretty sweet deal again. And we didn't really touch on this, but there's a difference. Actually, I'll talk about it in a minute. So production, basically, whatever I produce, it's not about collecting. Whatever work I did, I got 33 percent. And it was really nice. Greg sings skits. Hold on, Greg. Dang. Let me 33%, finish. Let me finish what I'm saying. So thirty
2: percent around here.
1: So that that's was pretty. Nice. It's a pretty sweet deal um, again. But then I was doing corporate dentistry. But,
0: yeah, she was overwhelmed. I was very overworked. It was, it was I was a very doing tough job.
1: multiple, I was doing like three, four columns and it was
2: Oh, so you had you couldn't just work your schedule and be like, I only want to do two columns today.
1: You know, I I tried and be like, I eh. tried. But again, it's just that and this goes again goes back to um I had trouble. I would try to and they would just keep booking me and oh and, and I just feel like I got pushed around. And again, I think that was my mistake. I set that precedent from the beginning as a new grad. Um, and so I kind of got pushed around. And I feel like they weren't really listening to me. And, and I struggled with that. And maybe I was too nice and too easygoing. Um, so that was my experience with that. And it was great, but I was overworked.
2: Did they share with you the daily goals?
1: We didn't really do daily goals there.
0: No, they just overwhelmed her. I was They just just
1: loaded. They loaded so her I, I would. I
2: would understand if they had like a daily goal. No, they're and the they goal. Push that on you. And their you get their goal 8%. was to
1: just make as much money as possible. See,
2: I think that's where the issue.
1: It was just make. To, it yeah. was just to make as much as possible, and I was very overwhelmed. Yeah. Okay. And then quickly, I'll go to my third experience, where I, uh, then I went to. I was like, I can't do this. So I then I went to uh, more like private practice, and there I had um, originally I went to. Uh, Percent of uh, production. But there's that question here production versus adjusted. So in this office, it was percent of collections. I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And then um, the problem, and I was like, I had production before and I was doing great. So I was like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. That's fine. And at that office, I was getting paid 28%, I believe. So I did take a a drop in pay, but it was worth it to me because I didn't want to be overwhelmed. And then, thanks, Greg. Braces explained, and then, um, but then at this office, it was so slow. I was making like nothing, and so again, that's just you have to. It so depends on the office. Yeah, the office. So I was so patient. slow, and then, right. um, basically, I had to negotiate and say no. I need a base rate. And I said I want base rate, and if I, and again, this was a point where I had enough confidence to do that, and I had to say no. I need a base rate. I said I can't make this is like nothing. Um, so I said, I want a base rate. And then if I go above that in my collections, I want my percentage.
0: So, so these are the questions you, you basically have to ask, yes. right? Or, or these are things you have to look out for. If you're going to the office and you do a working interview and it's incredibly fast paced and you're seeing a lot of patients, um, then yeah, production is going to be a better option for you. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as yeah, so, so the, that, the that's office
2: has to have the patient. Yeah, because
0: the reality is you're you're gonna get hurt if you go and only on production. All of a sudden, there's no patients in the day. Mm-hmm. You get paid zero dollars. Yeah,
1: and, and then there's then, no base or, or a lot of times again if you don't have a base rate, they don't care how much they pay you. So if you're a percentage and you just do cleanings all day, they don't care. They'll pay you two hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, literally, and, and there are dentists out there who who yeah. who think it just
2: goes back. I guess it goes back to a the office fit for you mm-hmm. so if the office fits you if the office can support an associate then yes yeah. I, I would so for me when i was hi- getting hired on i was their first associate luckily it worked out but for those interviewing i would ask hey have you had an associate before how did they do and then can i see the se- can i see the schedule
1: Yes, and I made that mistake where, for some reason, I just assumed all offices were successful. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're not. So, and that's actually I, a big mistake I did is I never asked to see, you, you the schedule. I see the schedule. Asked to see, you know, other associates. Typically, how many patients do they see? How many new patients? You got to ask for those, and I didn't, and that was my mistake. And I got burned. I got burned. Well, you didn't get burned. Well, One
2: good lesson from this that I think you did really well was renegotiating. So yeah. anything mm-hmm. is. Ne- Yes. In the contract, anything or everything is negotiable. So yes, when you went true. from a percentage to a day rate, you're just looking out for your own best interest, mm-hmm. which
1: and I will say that took me awesome. like you know multiple years to get comfortable. Unfortunately, so I hope you new grads mm-hmm. can get there sooner. Um, you know, a couple other things I want to talk about because I feel like I've had some like interesting things of my associates. Well, let me just address. What, I mean, a question. It's,
0: it's kind of a, a hurtful comment to see, but but it's this is a question by OTL. That's why a lot of you scam people. It's a hurtful comment, but is there any truth to this comment? Wait, scamming.
2: Okay, so what the is scamming? I think, this
0: is, scam I think this is a patient who may be um, saying that a lot of dentists scam people. Is there a truth to that statement? I think it's something we do have to address.
2: I think, okay, so scamming is a pretty harsh word. And I mean, we get that a lot. You know, the whole, oh, you're a dentist, you're a salesman. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I've heard it all. I've heard patients say whatever. Um, is it a scam? No, because as providers, we are treatment planning, we are diagnosing, we are helping the patient. You came to us with a problem. So now we are providing you with the services and the solution to solve that problem. But
0: I I think, I think he does have a point.
1: I'll say something on this. I I think that unfortunately with any, like in any um, profession, there's, there's good and bad people. There's good and bad dentists in anything you do, unfortunately. And unfortunately, there's some bad dentists, I think, that maybe give a bad um, reputation to all dentists. Not all dentists are like that. Again, I, I've worked production, and I probably under-treat planned. Like, you know, there's times where, um, again, where I worked at offices, and, like, I didn't even think about it. I just, I can honestly say I just treat planned what I believed, and I wasn't sitting there, like, counting the numbers. Yeah. You know, but you're right. There's people, unfortunately, out there that do. And so... Um,
0: um, I, I want to say one thing. You know, I think as a patient, I'm speaking for myself. I don't speak for the collective dentist. I'm speaking from my, from my mind, you know. Um, if you're looking for a doctor or you're looking for a dentist that you trust, that's honest, in my opinion, I think you have to find someone who has a practice of their own. I think that the reality is, is that, I look at my patients and I, I, I think Ashley and Daryl would say the same as I'm going to see this patient for the next 30 years. You know what I'm saying? And I just do right by them. And I know that if I just do right by them, um, there's no need to push any treatment. There's just the need to take care of them and do what's needed. Are there people who are on that production model who, you know, maybe are pushing treatment. That's not necessary. Absolutely. I think there are people like that Yeah, and you have to, You have to, it's hard. You have to go with maybe friends that you trust who have dentists that are established that they like and take their recommendations. You have to do your due diligence. But I don't think it's just, I don't think it's just a dental field. I think it's any field. Um, And unfortunately, it seems maybe you had a bad experience and
2: Yeah, I think it goes down. I think it goes down to the experience of that patient. That's why they say, you know, quote-unquote, you got scammed. Um, Continuing on to that, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, root canals to put on crowns. I know offices that Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a crown that automatically gets root canal. So I've seen that. Is that right? No, but also I wasn't there to diagnose the tooth. So I don't know.
1: I I think um, this uh, person made a comment, a good um, point of of people do need to be educated. And I think part of it is, Educating yourself and like uh, Doctor Sam was saying is um, finding a dentist that you trust through like referrals, like through your friends. Because again, there are you know again I hear this all the time, and there are good there are good dentists out there.
0: One hundred percent, you know,
1: ethical. They're there again, and I think it. Um, you know, as an example, I always think of this as like I think of a dentist almost like p- with the police. Police have this really. I'm not. Gonna, we're not going to like a debate about this, but. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
2: What about police?
1: No, I just mean, for yeah. example, a lot of people. There's some bad police, and they kind of have a bad reputation, oh, unfortunately. Right. Currently, in our society, there are also a lot of really good policemen. They're not all bad, and so I always think of it like Dennis, like that. That unfortunately, there's there's good and bad. But you're right; it's educating yourself and finding someone that you trust. Let's,
0: let's uh, let me answer. just let me oh, just go r-
2: ahead. bring that. Let me just wrap bring it back. up. Bring so, it back. Okay, so going back to the question, you know, in response to like oh production and all that, I mean, if the patient kinda like, yes, I think it all goes to the business model or of how the doctor runs the office. So if the doctor is, you know, insurance-based, you know, I need to make money, I need to make my overhead, of course they're gonna push. Versus I mean, you gotta look at the practice, like you said. So the doctor who's collecting fee for service you know feels like they're getting paid for their time and their value then it wouldn't feel like a scam because they're not pushing it on you but on the back end if there's something that needs to be made it's that's what's going to feel like it's just going to trickle down to the patients
0: so yeah
1: I think uh just to wrap up the (laughs) wrap-up
0: yeah no I I, I, let me just say thanks for the comment yeah thank you like we we need I, I want this to be I want this podcast to be honest, authentic yeah. conversation. Yeah, so if you're a patient you yeah. feel that, like we're going to put it on, we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And at least oh, we can you know, go about
2: economics, but that's a different, that's a whole different economic. podcast. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. And I, I appreciate the comment too, because this is a common issue of too. like, again, going back to ethics of a lot of doctors are paid off of production and it, it's hard because it, you know, I, I hope people can be ethical and do the right thing, but it does can put people in a hard position and it puts them sometimes in ethical positions when you're, and that's why sometimes I like, the, I think the best thing to do is have a base rate and then a production. Because sometimes when it's just production and you're put in this situation where you want to be ethical, you, you got to pay the bills too. So it's, I, sometimes I like having that base rate so you don't have that pressure. Like don't even put your, you know, you don't have that pressure.
0: Yeah, that, that is a nice thing about base rate. But What do you, what
1: do you think, Daryl? You're laughing?
2: So I'm laughing because I got this quote from a friend. Okay. <laughs> and this colleague, or this colleague goes, you know, dentistry when the patient comes in, comes in, you have 32 teeth on the menu. Pick your choosing. <laughs> so that's like, I mean, he's right, you know? So yeah, yeah. I just laughed because I just. No, yeah, but no, no, that's like, a yeah. good
1: comment. And I think that's a, um, again, good comment. It's something we all need to talk about. And it is a common um, issue in dentistry. It's an issue that needs to be addressed. It's okay. a real issue.
0: Let's jump into this question really quick. If you guys can uh, comment about this, uh, Ashley or Daryl. When should you look into disability insurance? This is by Blake Ma. Also have you guys considered any career in dentistry in dentistry outside of clinical work. So I mean I guess I can I can step into that first. So in terms of when should you look into disability insurance? I think you should look into it um, right away. Disability as soon as you get a license. Yeah, as soon as you get licensed, license uh, disability chances right is yep. increased the the higher um, the more you get older, right? And God forbid something happened to you and you don't have that extra cushion because your hands are everything. And if your hands get injured um, and you have this huge amount of debt, um, it's really a bad situation. So you want to look at disability insurance right away. In terms of have you considered any career in dentistry outside of clinical work? I absolutely have. You know, I love my ideal, my ideal like what I want to do I want to do dentistry. I enjoy dentistry, but I want to do other things too. And for me, videography, editing, obviously making YouTube videos um, has always been a passion. So I found a way to intertwine those passions together by educating people about dental education on my YouTube channel. So that's something that I've discovered and it allows me to be creative, which I've always wanted to be. and allows me to um, to also have a little bit of a side income and, um, and have fun, um, which I want to do too um ashley
1: yeah i mean yeah like sammy said disability i would say right away as soon as you can i would get disability um consider a career i mean yeah i have um like i said i there's pros and cons to being a dentist which we, we kind of talked about those last time and it's a hard rewarding job but it's also tiring so i mean me personally i'll say a lot i don't want to work five days a week as a clinical dentist it's hard on me you know i'm not gonna lie about that it's hard so i mean I've looked into options. Like, for example, right now, there's one day a week that we don't really have an office manager at our office. I guess I'm, like, the pseudo. Am I the pseudo office manager now? So, like, I take a day I guess I'm the pseudo office manager. So, basically, I I take a day off each week to do, like, admin stuff in my office. So that's something kind of, like, a little bit away from clinical dentistry, which is what I need personally. Um, So, yeah, definitely I've considered it. I've looked into... um, I know a lot of dentists do like billing online. Like if you want to like, again, maybe you don't want to work five days and that's okay. It's okay if you don't want to do five days of dentistry. There are um, many other ways to make money as a dentist. Like Semi mentioned too, like we do stuff online like trying to educate. Um, So yeah.
0: Dentistry is not for everyone. Like don't don't be like, don't let people lie to you. It's not for everyone. Mm. You have to be a certain type of person. You do like, I also don't want you to give up on it either. I think you do have to push through um, the struggles of dentistry in order to enjoy it. And you have to be, like like we talked about last time, mentally strong, physically strong, because your back and neck are being destroyed all the time, you know, yep. if you have uh, <laughs> yeah. improper ergonomics. Um, but, so, so yeah, um, there are plenty of other fields using your DDS license that you can get into and you just have to look out for it. There's plenty of people. I think I had my friend uh, Greg Asadrin, He's an orthodontist. He works with uh, mm-hmm. one of these companies, these big companies. And some of the dentists are represent those companies. And they all they do they don't do any clinical dentistry. They're just like they contacting dentists. They do lectures, lecture series, stuff like that. You can do um, make
1: courses, make
0: courses. You can have an academic career,
2: consults or a consultant.
0: Yeah. You yeah. just have to go after it, you know. And you shouldn't be dissuaded by anyone. Um, who tells you otherwise? If you're passionate about something or you want to try new things, go after it. And,
1: and don't be afraid to to be judged. You know, people people are going to have a lot of opinions about what you do. Uh, I know people will give opinions to me and Sammy all the time about what we're doing. You know, you got to just do you, and that's the only way you're going to be happy in in life and in your career. Do what makes you happy.
0: Anyone anyone who judges needs to be kicked out of your life, just period. But I'm just going to say it, like. And that's what I've done. Like, if, if, if people don't support me, I know I, I have a lot of crazy things that I'm doing, but I enjoy it and I have to look out for myself, number one. So, yeah. Daryl, any uh, comments?
2: Dentistry is an awesome profession where you can use the income to then funnel into another source of income. So, off of that, you know, where, is, where that uh, guy was asking about other side gigs, yeah. You know, the doctors I work for, you know, they're your typical, or they do the whole investments in the banking. You know, they do that. They own real estate. Yeah. They own the buildings that they work in. Um what else? Yeah, there's stocks, investments, or stocks, any, day know.
0: trading. I, I I know a lot of dentists. You don't have to work five days a week. If you know you can you can take a part time position. So I think we should jump into. Yeah. We, well, um, we've been
1: talking too much. I think we should do a skit. Yeah. Okay. Just so thanks, chi- sh- thanks, Scuba. Chick. So, yeah.
0: Scuba Chip. Thank you. Future discussions recommendation. General dental anxiety. anxiety and how you you and your office handle it. Greg uh, wants OT. Stick. Besides the longer times, so why not switch to laser dentistry mm. instead of a drill? Have you been taught about that in school? Yes. Laser dentistry is new. The Soleil laser. Um, it's not really common. You still um, have to use a. The whole selling point of the Soleil laser is that you don't have to get anesthetic, like you don't have to get numbed up. But the reality is, from people that I talk to, you still have to give those injections. So I don't necessarily see what's the point. Yeah, you could use a Soleil laser. We'll talk about that uh, later. Um, But what else? Real time. Okay, I just want to make sure I answer all the questions really quick. Hold on. Nancy, thank you so much for leaving the comment. Uh, collection relies on a competent team Mm, to make sure that they're on top of collecting payments up front and following the outstanding claims. You have to see the entire team in action. Thank you, Nancy. Yes, Thank you guys for commenting. Guys, if you have any other questions, you can just leave it down in the comment section or the chat section. We're here to answer them. This is kind of just a mm low-key discussion, and thank you guys for joining us. I really appreciate it.
1: Can I just add to that, too? Again, don't be afraid to ask. Um, You can ask like what their collection rate is.
2: You, know, you yeah, can ask for
1: documentation.
2: 95% If the office is collecting 95% of what they're producing. That's a good office yes. to do uh, production based. Yes. Yeah. But you also, again, they also like have, they have to they be said, willing to give you the numbers.
0: Because if not, yes, then that's a red flag.
1: Red flag. But there's a difference between production and collection. Right. There is a difference. Yeah. Okay.
0: So uh let's jump into we're almost done with our podcast, guys. Thank you guys for staying tuned in. Remember, you can ask any comments, whether you're a patient, dental student, dentist, we are here to uh, we are here to answer any questions. But we're still
1: gonna talk about contracts.
0: Yeah, we're still gonna talk about contracts. Um but I think we have a wheel. The we're wheel? gonna do the wheel. Yeah, do you want me to introduce that, the Ashley? Wheel. The wheel is back.
1: Greg, I got your back, Greg. Braces explained.
0: Introduce the wheel, Ashley, to anyone who does not know.
1: So uh, basically our wheel, we have some little skits we're going to do to kind of act out um, things that have to do with being an associate. And we're going to act them out and how we would handle them.
0: All right, who's spinning the wheel? Daryl, you got it. Let's go. Show it, show it, show it, show it to the
2: camera. Oh, sorry, I didn't show it. Salary.
1: Okay, salary. So this little skit. Oh, damn. (laughs) Basically, uh... The scenario is sorry. This one isn't as crazy as you know a car crashing in, but it's still an important one. Basic on scenario is your younger like new associate. You just had the interview. The doctor basically wants to hire you. He likes you. End of the interview, and he says, "How much do you want to make?" and and that is like the most awkward question for me always. I'm the doctor. But we're gonna act. You're <laughs> gonna give Daryl the you're hard the part.
0: You're the doctor. <laughs> I'm the doctor. Daryl, you're, you're the you're the <laughs> he has the hard part. You're the loser new grad. Coming so to I my to office. Play,
2: okay, so, so
1: basically the doc, I have to channel my a new grad. Yeah, and basically, Damn, what
0: if I, how, okay.
1: how are you going to handle that situation? when Because they, they may ask that. They're going to say, how much do you want to make?
0: Okay. so and, and this is actually very common. Mm-hmm. Usually, um, the owner doc is going to present that question to the uh, person who's coming in the practice. They'll say, okay, how much do you want to make? Um, so should we get started? Okay, so Daryl, um, you're walking in. You just finished your working interview. You come to my office. Um, so you have got to knock on the door. I'm just. <laughs> oh, chilling. we're really going right. to act it out. So we're really going to act Okay. i I'm chilling. Ah, <coughs> oh, it's been such a good day. God, what the fuck? This new grad loser.
2: What? What do you want? Hey, Dr. Sammy. Um, I Oh, Daryl. Okay. Hey, hey, what's up, yeah. man?
0: Hey, thank you for. I just finished my day. You did a really day. good job. Yeah. You did a really good job today. Thank you, thank thank you, thank you, you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, I mean, working interview was great. Um, patients are awesome. And... I love, I love I love, what you got going on here.
0: Dude, thank you so much. Honestly, yeah. like, the way you were with your patients, the way you did that one filling, like, with the little, you know, that little angulation that you got there, looking at the line angles. I was oh, kind of impressed. Nice. You, you brought it? out that pencil, and you started marking that tooth and started, like, using that disc and oh. the that angula- I was like... Do you
2: like that bevel, too? I
0: was like, where you learned that? Yeah, Man, yeah. you're pretty yeah. good for a new guy. You know what I'm saying? So, well, you um, know,
2: It only took me four hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, a little bit slow. Let's be honest. <laughs> a little bit slow. Got to... I would be done in 20 minutes, but that's, that's fine. Uh, Daryl, so, you know, I just want to say thank you so much. Um, I'd love to have you at our practice. A lot of patients were very receptive to you. Um, I got to ask, um, what are you yeah, looking yeah. to um, are you, First of all, are you interested? In, and what are you looking yeah, to I, do? Yeah, I think, I think this would be a
2: good fit for me. Okay. Um, yeah, so do you have like a contract or something that we can go over?
0: Do you want a contract? You want a contract that we can go over? Yeah, yeah. you, you know, just something there, on paper. The way I do it, I just, I actually don't do contracts. Oh, why not? I don't do contracts. I don't know. I just have trust in, in you know, the people that work with me. And, and so I don't do contracts, actually. But but I'm interested Um, sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt, but what, what would you like to, what would your salary, what would you like to start out with, or what are you interested in? Ah,
2: you know, I mean, I'm fresh out of school.
0: Yeah, you're no, fresh. I've done yeah, you're real fresh. real fresh. You're real fresh. <laughs> real fresh. Okay, go ahead. but <laughs> so
2: um, you know, I've so done, you know I've, when you're I've fresh, done.
0: when you're fresh, you got to start off from the beginning. Start, start from I've, the bottom. Now we're here, you know. I've done my I've done my homework in the you market and around you start here. From so you start from the bottom. So you got to start from the bottom. and work your way up to here. <laughs> go
2: ahead. Um, but I've, I've done my market around my market research around here, and I think seven hundred is a fair fair 700. price. But here's my here's my other question. Ooh, how are how are you gonna how are you?
0: What's four the hours to do a filling like? and you want to get 700 huh? Yeah. I'm kind of an upfront type of guy. So I mean, I'm going you, off the market research I here. know, but you spent four hours on the filling. And, <laughs> and we got, the practice got paid very little for that. So, look, Daryl, I'm just going to be very honest with you right now. Um, there's a lot of dentists who want to work at this practice. We're a very successful practice. And, and look, I bring mentorship. I'm going to take you under my wings and I'm going to teach you everything I know. And you're going to be one of the best damn dentists that you have ever. You you don't even know what you're about to accomplish because I'm going to be there for you, and I and so I'm thinking we start you out four hundred per DM and we'll go from there. Four hundred,
2: doc. There's some hygienists making four hundred a day. I don't think that's fair.
0: Did you just did you just call me dog?
2: <laughs> doc? <laughs> doc, doctor Sammy. Doc. I don't Sam. I don't think okay. that's fair when there's Sorry, hygienists making. I'm about four hundred <laughs>
0: I was about to go crazy
2: 400, 400 a day
0: yes, so there are. I'd pretty much
2: be being your hygienist,
0: yeah, I get that, I get that well, I understand and, and you know yeah. i don't wanna I don't wanna screw you over, I just want you know I just want what's fair and what's right, and so we we gotta make sure that it's reasonable because remember I'm paying these lab bills, I'm paying the the crown fee, I'm doing all that in fact, I'm not even gonna expect you to pay any of those lab fees. So just so you know, like, I'm fronting that. And and it's also a risk. You know, I I mean, I I hired, man, I got burned. I got badly burned. I hired this doctor, Dr. Ashley. Oh, man, I'll never forget her. She went into the room with a needle like this. "Ah, I'm going to get you. I didn't mean to flick people off. (laughs) I'm going to get you. And and she scared my patient. And one of the patients wrote a really mean review. And it was not nice. So, you know, I'm a little bit burned. I'm a little bit scared. (laughs) But you know what? Okay, we'll do 450. Sounds good. How
2: about how about Darryl, we meet halfway? Thank you so
0: much. How about <laughs> we meet halfway? Halfway? Six hundred. Six hundred. Where did I mean, you start off with? Oh, you're at seven hundred. Jeez, that's really high. Yeah. Daryl. Okay. You know what? Just to make this just to make this fair, we're, we'll we'll do some we'll do a mixture model. We'll do like five fifty. If you hit that per diem, bay. If we're busy, like I don't want to screw you over. If you're working hard, you're doing back breaking work, you're doing extractions, you're helping the practice out. So we'll do five fifty. Once you hit that per DM, you get a percentage of production. I really like you. And can I we think get that's that on fair. paper? We can, I can write that on paper. For you, I can write that on paper because I like your swagger.
1: Okay. All End right. scene. End scene. Longest interview ever. <laughs> <laughs> no. you no, I, I just wanted to add to, to that. You know, if you're in an interview and you're talking about money, again, my first um, position, they offered me a rate, and then they were like, oh, in a couple of months, we'll talk about maybe giving you like a percentage And then, like, nothing ever happened. And then, again, I was, like, too afraid to bring it up. So don't be afraid. Again, it's hard to negotiate as a young dentist. I I understand that. Don't be afraid to say, hey, can we put it in the contractor? Don't be afraid to ask, can we renegotiate in six months? I feel like that's a good thing to say if you're kind of, again, it's really hard to ask for money. Put it on paper. Yeah, say, hey, can we say, okay, you know, we can do whatever this price. In six months, though, I'd like to renegotiate. And I think that's a good way, you know, to make sure you're getting what you deserve.
0: Hundred percent. I think we should just answer this question, yeah. and then and then maybe we'll we'll go to should we do one more skit and close the show? Well, yeah, one more skit. I one know skate. we we. Got th- there's so much to talk about, and when we were talking Wait, about I this yesterday, talk about my contract. So. I know. I, I think we. I think we might still still have time to do that. People, if people want time. the contract, Leave of time. it in the chat. If you guys want to know gonna about her wrong. contract stories. I
1: want to talk about my contract. Leave it yeah, in the yeah, chat. Yeah, let's do it.
0: But 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 let's answer a question first. And we look, got a question. I, just,
1: I even brought them. I have real contract stories.
0: Okay, guys. So let's let's answer a question. Yeah, go ahead. Pros and
2: cons of doing Jeep. GPR, AEGD versus jumping straight into private practice. Also, how long would you work before trying to open your own private practice?
0: I think we start with Ashley. Um,
1: What'd you do? So I, I did a GPR, a one-year GPR, and then I went into Street. practice. Oh. Um, I mean, pros and cons. I mean, I have zero regrets about doing my GPR. I think... It's, it's a hard question to answer because I think everyone's dental school experience is very different. I can tell you, when <laughs> after my fourth year, I didn't know anything. I did not feel ready to go in the workforce. I know other people may say differently. I did not feel ready. And I really needed that GPR to still gain more skill, gain speed, and also just gain confidence. I also got a lot of skills out of my GPR that I did not get from dental school. I got a lot more experience with surgeries and like trauma from my uh, GPR. I guess a con would be is that, you know, again, the reality is we all have a lot of debt. It's, you know, I, I was paid in my GPR, but not that much.
2: 2000 a month.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, you most GPRs or AGDs not a lot of money. Um, so I guess one of the cons is, one, it's another year that you're not making money. Um, two, I guess, I think GPR AGDs are great, but it's still not like real world experience. Again, going in private practice is so different than being in a GPR and AGD. It's so different. Um, so again, you don't, I guess another year you don't get that experience. Again, I'm kind of biased because I did a GPR, so I actually personally would recommend a GPR to everyone. I think, again, looking back, it was totally worth not making money for another year. Or yep. I, I have zero regrets. I think everyone should do a GPR AGD personally, but I'm biased. I learned a lot of great skills from that.
0: And then the second part of the question, also how long would you work before trying to open your own private practice? I mean, I personally think, you know, I've, I've heard this number a lot actually, but I've heard five years. Five years. Five years. Five and I, and, I, and I heard it when I was in dental school too, by a lot of the instructors. And I would actually agree with that too, because at five years point in time, you're comfortable enough, you're very comfortable with your dentistry, um, and you're also having a little bit of an understanding of the business of dentistry, how to operate a yeah. team, and um, and I think that's what
1: I would say. Just to add to that, you know, one is you st- you got to gain those skills and that confidence. I think, um, and even if you feel confident out of dental school, again, the reality is there's a lot you're not going to know. So you do need, again, I think though, that five to seven years personally. But also, you need to learn how a dental practice runs, which is something they don't teach you in dental school. And it took me, again, the first couple years out, I am just was f- focused on my skills. And again, that's something if you are interested, start sooner. you got to learn how to run a dental practice. It is a, it's, it's a business. You have employees. You have staff. There's a lot of things you don't know. And you got to learn that before you, you open, for sure.
0: We definitely appreciate that question, Philip. Yeah. Thank you so much Can for watching. Can we spin watching. the wheel again? Okay, we're going to do one more wheel, and I think we're going to have to close it off. We might have to do contracts no, next time. I'll be time. quick. Okay, if you're quick. Let her do Let's do yeah, it. Okay, she contracts. can do her contracts. All right, go ahead, Sammy. you going to spin oh, it? I'm spinning? Yeah, yep. you can spin. Put it up? Oh. All right, spinning the wheel. Big money. Oh, okay. What do we got here?
1: The word is attitude.
0: Oh. Attitude.
1: So the scenario is you're...
2: You guys act it. I don't know. Right. We'll act
1: it. We'll okay, act fine. it. So the scenario is you're maybe a new grad or associate doctor. You're in like a newer office. You're working on a patient. And your assistant maybe is being kind of rude to you, maybe giving you some attitude. And how would you handle that? So I think, Sammy, you want to be the assistant? Yeah, yeah, I'll be. With you're good at attitude. He's good at attitude. So I'm, I'm gonna have the
0: attitude. So, so I'm working. <laughs> with, are you? This, this is your first day on the job at, at my doctor's
1: office. Maybe, for, maybe first day, oh. or maybe, or maybe I'm my first week. I don't know I'm new to the office. Yeah, we
0: get a lot of you guys. We get a lot of you guys here. So, oh wait, yeah.
1: oh wait, oh we're starting.
0: Yeah, we get a lot. We get a lot of new docs. Oh hey, what's your name?
1: Are we working on a patient?
0: Uh, doctor, what's your name? I'm, I'm assisting you today. What's your name? You're giving me a lot of attitude. I just met you, and I, I want, I want to assist you, but can you just tone it down a little bit?
1: Get out of my operatory. <laughs> okay, no. Get out on, of my operatory. <laughs> That's how you handle it. Get out. No get no. out. And then and then I'll take I'll go I'm gonna go office manager. Send this assistant home. No, no, no. Send her send him home. As That's new doctor. not reasonable. That is
0: not reasonable. Okay. Let's well. start this over again. Okay, I'll be a little bit more reasonable. Okay. So I'm assisting you. Suction. Can
1: you suction the back a little bit more?
0: Yeah, uh, no 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 problem, Doctor, I guess. Okay. All right.
1: You're supposed to give me attitude.
0: Okay, I will. Hold on. You got to keep can, going. can
1: you retract the tongue a little bit more, please?
0: No. Uh, the other doc, um, Dr. Sammy, he doesn't retract the tongue like that. I think you can, you're, you're just fine just as that is. Just I'm not,
1: I'm not the other doctor.
0: I know, but this is how I suction. I don't know any other way to suction.
1: Let me show you. Oh, whoa. That's how you suck, uh, retract the tongue. That was a really, <laughs> okay,
0: and that was really aggressive.
1: You're uh, supposed to be the aggressive one. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay, fine, okay, keep fine. Keep playing, keep playing. Okay. All right, all right. Um. You know what? Uh, I just don't like how you're talking to me right now. And um,
1: Is this in front of a patient?
0: Yeah, it's in okay, front of just the the that side, not,
1: Okay, just um, so that's not out. Okay. Can you hold on uh, one second one, sir? Yeah, I'll be right back. Uh, excuse me, um, but Sammy, can you please come with me over
0: here? Well, uh, do you want me to be in with the patient, doctor?
1: No, the patient's okay. They're not under okay, sedation yeah, or okay. anything. They'll be okay. Yeah, up? Hey, sir, just give to me a sit-up. Yep, you'll be okay. So I would hey, take this. Up? I'm going to take you to uh, my office real quick, okay. the back room. Hello, yeah. Okay, what's I'm gonna going to c- close the door. Do have Dr. A, Sammy, where's
0: Dr. Sammy at? Oh, okay.
1: Do we have a, do we have a problem? What? Do, you have a, do we have a problem?
0: No, what are you talking about? I'm just helping.
1: I don't need the attitude. <laughs> so I forget that I'm a new doc. <laughs>
0: this is not what a new doc would say.
1: I would say, um, okay, oh, fine, fine, I'll be real. Uh, please don't, um, can you please not uh, use that attitude or tone with me in front of the patient?
0: Oh, what tone are you talking about?
1: Um, I don't need you to, you know, please just, like, don't question me in front of the patient. You know, I'm a new doctor here. Um, if you have a question about what I'm doing, um, you can ask me um, outside the operatory. I
0: know, but you're, you're using the wrong stuff. That's not what Dr. Sammy uses. I know, so but I do things differently. I'm trying, I do to, I'm trying differently. to help you, you because I think you're doing it wrong. I don't know if you've used this equipment before.
1: Thank you. I, I have used this equipment before. This is how I use it. Okay, sure, yeah. Are, are you able to assist me, or? Yeah,
0: I can totally assist you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be rude
1: thank you <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was kind of a weird scenario
1: i know these are hard to act these ones are hard to act out but <laughs> no, no but, but that's
2: actually a good that's a common for real though scenario because
1: there are common i it's guess my one common, advice right? it's yeah. my one advice you guys again and to be honest in the real life i'd probably be like i know i wouldn't be able to say that but my one advice would be if you do have a problem with an assistant or someone just take them to a private area to speak to them yeah that's but my advice. I, I can say one thing
0: really quick is that, like, patients hear everything, right? They understand your tonation. They understand, like, if you're upset. And one of the things you have to learn is to be cool, calm, collected at all times, even if you have some conflict, internal conflict with the team, right? So, you know, um, so, yeah, I, I would just say that.
2: Also, don't be surprised if the office manager or the owner docs, like, word gets back that the assistant goes, uh uh-huh. Dr. Ashley doesn't know how to use, like, he, she, she's asking for X, Y, and Z when we don't have it, you know, and then, yeah. then you're going to have that conversation, or what's going to happen is, and speaking from experience, where the doctor will pull you aside and be like, hey, how'd you do this prep? Okay, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we do. Try this next time. And then this, this is where the openness comes in, because mm-hmm. the assistants who've been working there longer than you have are probably going to have some kind of patience with you, but then in the end, they're probably like, nah. This guy.
1: Also, too, again, just as a new dog don't be afraid. I mean, again, you guys got to give your, and again, that's something I didn't do. You got to give yourself some more credit, give yourself some value. I can almost, I don't want to say all, I can almost guarantee, though, if you were to go to an owner doc, because sometimes, again, confrontation, I personally am not good at confrontation in real life. <laughs> I do not do good confrontation. If assistance ever rude to you or anyone, I would go talk to the owner doc, and I can almost guarantee you that they will make sure that doesn't happen. Like, if you really do have a problem, again, give yourself some value. You are valuable even as a new grad to that practice. Owner doctors do not want doctor turnover. Yeah, they do not want doctor turnover. So you have value. They and do al- not want to lose you unless you're really doing bad stuff. And,
0: and also remember that people yeah. have bad days. <laughs> also remember yeah. people have bad days. Patients have bad days. Your staff members have bad days. You don't know what's going on in their life, and you have to be uh, you have to be reasonable and and you know give give people the benefit of the doubt. So. Okay, I think okay. We're, we're on the hour mark, guys, so what do you, you want to Contracts? Ashley, you want to say something I want to talk about contracts because I
1: think that's really important about being an associate. I've signed some contracts that I've regretted. Oh. Yeah, and I want to talk about things to, just briefly. I know you guys are sick of hearing us talk, but I want to talk a little bit about what is going to be in your contract, what is reasonable, what is not reasonable, and, um, yeah, I mean, have you guys signed contracts? I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. Sammy, have yeah, you signed a contract? Definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah, I signed a contract, okay. yeah.
1: Because my first, my first associate job, we didn't have, like, Sammy was kind of joking in the skit, but uh, my first associate position, I didn't sign a contract. There was no contract. It was like, you're hired. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was like, whatever. My, uh, <laughs> my corporate job, I, again, I didn't know anything. I kind of read through it and it kind of made sense. I signed a 10-page contract. Damn. Yeah, and again, and I'll, I'll, a couple things that afterwards were. As once I got my head on my shoulders were kind of concerning to me I don't know maybe you guys would agree or disagree um,
2: disclaimer real quick for those looking at contracts oh, yeah. um, this is not law or yeah, legal advice so any with your contracts consult a lawyer
1: yeah yeah you definitely should consult a lawyer I did not do that but like for example I signed a contract I knew I was planning on opening a practice at some point and I don't think there's anything wrong with that as an associate if you want to plan for a practice so in my contract, it literally says that I cannot sign a lease. I can't order office or treatment equipment. Um, I can't even arrange for a telephone. It literally says it in my contract. And again, maybe, maybe that's reasonable. I mean, I don't know if other contracts have that, but it literally says I can't sign a lease. I can't order office equipment. And so again, once I started realizing the-
0: Meaning uh, that she's trapped meaning she's trapped. If she wanted to start another like office legally, while working there, technically the contract says she can't. So that was a big problem.
1: And then we were starting our office and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I mean, well, I don't know, like am I gonna get know. like sued or something? They, won't know. they might not know, but it still scared me. As a new doc, I was scared that I signed this big contract and it literally said that, which I, again, you guys can comment. I personally think that's a little bit unreasonable. What do you think? I mean, Is that normal, Daryl? I don't know.
2: No, that's, that's really unreasonable.
1: No, you know, the so the only th- thing
2: is like a non compete is there a non compete clause on that?
1: And that's another good thing I want to bring up. I think it's totally normal to have um, Oh, you mean like non compete like location wise?
2: Yeah, so let's say you let's say you are But in California, there that, in California
1: then, that's not valid, right?
2: It's not valid. You
1: can't uphold it in court.
2: It's we not have valid a once we have a you lawyer
0: quit. Lawyer in the comment section, Alex Madrosian. If anyone wants a lawyer, definitely look to him. But he is saying California is a non compete state. What do you mean by that?
2: I think, well, from what my understanding is, I think. You can't
1: have a non, correct, sorry, you, here you go.
2: Um, you can't, once you quit your job, then the non-compete, like, you can open up shop next door. Yeah, so
1: I think it's very common, especially in California, they'll have it, and they're saying you can't practice, you can't open within a certain miles.
2: If you're still practicing at that office.
1: Correct. Yeah. And I to be honest, I think that's kind of, like, reasonable, To be honest. I mean, if you're still working yeah. there. But I'm saying if I want to leave and go open up a practice, you know, close to that, that's not, you can't uphold that in a court of law, right? Yeah. In, at least in California. I can't speak for all states.
2: There's a thing called non-solicitation. So it's like, oh, I can't take the patients I'm working here to that office while I'm part-time. There. And again, Whatever. and I, that's
1: really normal contracts. They're going to say, you know, you can't solicit a staff or patients. again. And I think that's very reasonable. And that, as you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. Okay. You shouldn't be stealing patients. Um, but something that was like concerning again in a contract I signed. I'm gonna read it to you guys. Oh here it is. (laughs) I I have it like starred. Again, I you should never solicit patients. Don't ever do that. That's not right. I don't believe in. But I my contract, it said, you know, patients come and go. It said I couldn't see any former patients of that practice, meaning like if they went there before and then left for reasons not having anything to do with me. That and they came into my practice technically I was legally liable based on this contract and I would have to pay them money. And I went a step further and said, I can't see anyone of any, any um, family members of any patients at of that office. So let's say I had an office there and, and the wife went there. And even if the husband doesn't go there, but I could again be held legally liable if I like try to like see the patient's husband, which again, I think is unreasonable if they're not a patient there. So again, there was like some like, Again, chances are they're probably not gonna know or anything, but I was like scared that I signed this crazy contract and our practice isn't that much farther from them. And that wasn't planned on purpose, it's just how it worked out that we were kind of in the same area. So patients come and go and I was like really scared. I was like, you know, what if patients just happen to have gone there in the past? It's a big practice, they see a lot of patients. And um, funny story, then I actually got them to void my contract and I wrote my own contract. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, no, I was. Same, the same one? No, so basically I had them void this 10-page contract because I, I started getting like really scared and stuff. And I was like, and I basically wrote a one-page contract. This is the, I wrote it, me, me and Sammy. And I said, this is the contract I want to sign. And this was, I was maybe only like, what, like two years out. And they signed my contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You guys got it. So you had leverage. Yeah. Yes. yeah she had leverage, I had leverage because, because, because a couple of the did, dentists mm. left and she was the only person there and she had she leverage. And yourself. She used her leverage to get out Even of the Even though situation. I was a new
1: grad, I leveraged it and I signed my own contract. I hadn't signed yeah. my own contract.
0: I mean, the, what you guys need to know too is that these contracts can be like, you don't, don't be afraid of pushing back on things that you want removed. Like yes. I would say it's more unreasonable to sign a contract under its full conditions versus you telling them what you want, what you want removed. Also, it's not unreasonable to get a lawyer to look at the contract because these contracts do have consequences if you break them. So you have to um, you have to be on it and you have to make sure that you understand it very clearly mm-hmm. and you have to make sure that, um, you know, you do that before signing it mm-hmm. because um, we got scared that Ashley couldn't work in a lot of different locations. She couldn't start her own practice and um, that's a stressful thing to deal with when you're a new grad.
1: But like somebody said, you can say take this clause you you can negotiate you can say I don't take this clause out Um, I I negotiated you know a lot of people have different you know a lot of times they want to put in the contract to give notice I know you know typical is like you know two weeks but a lot of offices will want more time I've heard offices that wanted a month notice I've heard offices that wanted a two-month notice and I actually at some of these offices because I wasn't sure how it was gonna
2: two-month notice for what
1: like, if I if I leave, they want me to stay. Like, I have oh. to give two-month notice. California
2: is, I can just quit whenever now. Is yeah. it? Is, so that, it, is yeah. that
0: the truth? California's like, I can quit tomorrow. So technically, yeah, okay. you yeah. can
1: leave. A lot, do a lot of yeah. the terms
0: <laughs> in the contract also scare <laughs> you when it doesn't have no, like, That's true. it's not really true. So you also have to understand that. So sometimes the terms in the contract, you can sign it knowing that nothing's going to happen in the court of law. But still, you know, you've got to be careful. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I
2: mean, it's just protecting the employer. Yeah, and I think, employee. too, you are going
1: to leave. Again, this is kind of... Not on topic, but you yeah. know, I think always give notice.
2: 100%. Yeah, I mean, don't don't ever burn person. any bridges. percent. Yeah. You know?
1: but again, like
2: you got to do right, you'll never know. I when
1: you negotiated need to go that back to people them. they wanted a month, and I said no, and I negotiated that, and I brought it down just because True, yes. if I want to leave for a reason, I don't want to be stuck there. You
0: know, yeah. I like and, and when else. you build relationships like that, it's always going to help you in the future. Like if you want to leave and you have a reason to leave, that's fine. Just leave in a nice way. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to burn bridges. You don't have to be that way.
1: And so. and two, just um, again, I know we. We'll, we'll end soon, but I just want to talk about a couple of things that I didn't even think about when signing contracts. Is there also, and, and when you're negotiating, I never knew stuff like this. I just always thought of salary, but they may want you to pay part of the lab bill. And again, sometimes they don't, sometimes they do. That can be a lot of money right there. So you need to be careful about, yeah, I remember 90 days for Dr. Gregg. Dang. Um, that's well, a long time.
2: They need to find And I get that, they need to find you know.
1: someone, um, but, Lab fees. You gotta, you know, talk to their dentist and see what's normal. Um, again, ideal is that you don't pay any lab fees. I worked at an office, and again, this is just me, like, kind of being dumb. Um, I had to pay fifty percent of the lab bill.
0: Yeah, even 50%. for Redo's
2: and all that.
1: Mm-hmm. So that that's how the Any get lab you, bill. Yeah. I had to pay fifty, which I again what? I think is pretty high.
2: I mean, I kind of get where they're going because the materials, right? It's expensive.
1: But again, I'm not the owner, you know, and it's like I'm not getting 50% of the money that's made from from the procedure. Oh, so
2: you're not... Getting, you're not collecting.
1: Yeah, like I'm not collecting 50%, so I feel like if I'm going to pay a lab oh, bill, yeah, it should be in proportion to what I'm making. So yeah, that, okay. Yeah, and so sorry. I kind of got screwed on that. That's
0: how they get you in these contracts. Mm-hmm. So when they're making negotiations, you know, whoever has the most knowledge is going to win, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're saying, oh, actually, I want to have a higher per diem, well, then they may say, okay, you can have a higher per diem, but this is going to be the lab bill. You know what I'm saying? So you have to look out for these sneaky ways and this same, to get you. the
1: this same office, they even... I had to pay, you know, when, you, when someone runs a credit card, there's a fee. 3%. I had to pay the credit card fee on everything that I made. So any procedure I did, if there was a credit card fee, they took that out of my paycheck. Damn. Which, again, I, I've never heard of that with any other associates, but there's like That's, little things that snuck in. And to, be, and to be 100% honest, I didn't even know I was going to have to do that until I got my, my paycheck. And that's and on were me. you like, what? And then I was like, what's this? And then they like showed all the breakdown and they were taking out their credit card fees. So it's just like weird things you, um, you got to ask. Yeah. Man. Lab fees. Ask. And again, don't feel stupid. Ask about credit card at least
2: fees. 50% of your whatever that you're doing. Yeah.
1: And so it was just like insane. Like things like that, that I didn't even think of. I was like, oh, they're going to charge me a credit card fee? Yeah. It was crazy.
2: Going back to, uh, real quick to Greg's comment about not complete <laughs> mm-hmm. I was in Ohio and then I was interviewing and there was a corporate office, and then the guy was smart. He had around like Columbus, Ohio. So I went like, he had all five offices. So if I signed the contract, I couldn't. He pretty much covered the whole city in terms of where I couldn't practice. Well, is well, is non? you do, do non compete there? Like, I, is it legal? I I, I, I don't know. I oh, didn't stay. I didn't stay long up, enough up, to sign up, but. Yeah, I was like, dang, five. He did, and I did the mileage around it, and like each overlap. But Greg it was said so close. it was not all the corporate officers. Right, right. He was not, not. But you're saying hit mine yours was in. like five, and it's like yeah. the mm. the radius was pretty gnarly. It's mm. pretty spot on.
1: Yeah. So I think that's a good point too. Is you got to know the laws in your state, and again, if they put something that isn't upheld, I can. Know, I don't be afraid to say. You know, this isn't. Can't, you can't uphold this in the state of California. Yeah. Take. You got to take it out. Yeah. You know, because even though, again, for me personally, I get nervous. Even if it can't be held up in court, I don't want to sign a doc. I don't know. I just get nervous and I, I don't want to sign the document. Yeah. yeah. So it's okay to say take it out.
0: All
2: right. Anything else?
0: Anything else you guys want to, uh, quick contract? questions? So no. Th- we finish the we finished the contract. We finished the contract. Do you guys have any other things you want to talk about? Ashley, Daryl?
2: Uh, let me take a look at my notes real quick.
0: <laughs> Before we sign off. Thank you guys for joining uh, the After Hours Dental Podcast. Right now it's being hosted on Smile Influencers. Eventually it's going to be at the After Hours Dental Podcast YouTube channel. Thank you to Paquita Love. Uh, This is Miriam again to support you guys. You guys have really great points. That's very sweet of you, Miriam. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you so much. She's an amazing
1: assistant. Assistant. Nice. Nice. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the assistance watching. So for
0: those of you guys, uh, I'm a new grad. Just signed a contract with the private practice. This is Kunal. Thank you. I hope this helped Kunal. Um, uh, If you guys have any like new ideas, if you guys have something that you want to talk about, you got to leave it in the comment section below. We're going to review. We're going to try to pick the most pertinent points. Once again, the whole point of this podcast is to give you guys real authentic advice, information, no BS. An honest take at at least our experiences. Yeah. Now we can only talk for ourselves, and we hope that this gives you guys a little bit more insight, so that you're yeah. better prepared and you have that knowledge to um, to kill it, basically. And for those,
2: we're still fairly new dentists, five yeah, five, yeah six we're, years we're out.
0: five six years out. We're five six years out. We're considered new dentists. Yep, absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Um, for those of you that tuned in, I really appreciate it. Nice. We are going to have another show next time. We're thinking about maybe social media and dentistry, Ooh. or we can do whatever topic you guys want to do. Yeah. Leave it down in the comment section below. We will see you next Monday at 6.30. 6.30 p.m. Thank you. And, um, time. Remember, the YouTube will render this video and then it'll be live in like about three or four hours on the channel, under the live section of Smile Influencer, so be sure to check it out. Share it with as many friends as you can that you think will help and Thank you for wait, this wait, support.
1: One more thing I can say. Can you guys give us some uh, skit ideas?
2: Oh.
0: Comment, yes.
1: give us some skits. We'll act them out. Give us some good ideas, because I like doing the skits. Um, give us some ideas and we'll act them yeah, out.
0: Yeah, comment the skits, guys. I know you guys like the skits. We kind of messed up this time, but next time, we <laughs> will kill the skits. Okay, we're just a little tired today. They're, they're a little bit All more right. serious. We came back from Utah. We like went two days ago. And,
1: and we're a little tired. Yeah, nice. we did not
0: prep this as much as we did. Shred some nar nar.
1: We, sh- we shred the nar, bro.
0: <laughs> shred the nar. Anyways, okay. Nice. Thank you guys. Uh, We'll see you next time, okay? Next time. Peace. Peace.